Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode, and you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, a podcast about consumer tech. We're all about making technology easier to understand and use. So if you have any questions about technology that you've been too embarrassed to ask, please send them in. There are a couple of ways to submit your questions. First, you can tweet them to at Recode or to my co-host, at Lauren Good, with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. That's two R's and two S's in embarrassed, in case you cannot spell. We also have an email address, tooembarrassed at recode.net. Again, two R's and two S's. You can find all of our past episodes on iTunes at itunes.com slash tooembarrassedask. And while you're there, leave us a review. I am here in our usual San Francisco studio, but Lauren Good is nowhere to be seen, and it's nice having the studio all to myself. Lauren has been in Las Vegas all week, drudging around, covering CES for The Verge, and she's joining us today via Skype. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Kara. So it's a little bit of a role reversal yeah. today because normally you're jet setting around the world or hanging out with, you know, at the White House or whatever right. it is that you're doing. I'm doing that next and, week, by the way, just FYI. And, oh, are you? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Maybe you can save the country yeah. while you're there. Yeah, I'm, gonna, um, I'm just going to take the place and not let anybody in. I'm <laughs> no, I'm hey, not. I would vote for you. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm at CES. And if my voice sounds a little bit scratchy, it's because, you know, I've been working for five days straight and running on fumes and coffee and little sleep. And but, Vegas, um, baby. And Vegas, mm-hmm. and Vegas, yeah. yeah. And you're going to tell us, though, about everything. So today's podcast is a little different because of the craziness that is CES. We're going to hit a handful of key things at the show, which I did not have to attend this year for the first time in 20 <laughs> years. I'm so excited. I'm having a lovely time here. I had a lovely avocado toast, a little, like, juice at the <laughs> juicery, and just living the San Francisco lifestyle. Um, and your clothing doesn't smell like cigarette smoke? No, it's exactly kind of not. Exactly. And I don't have to like deal like brave all the geeks running around with bags dragging across the floor. <laughs> I'm so I so miss it so much. I can't believe I'm not there. Um, next week we'll be back to answer all your burning and embarrassing personal tech questions. But right now it's all about CES. Yes, I like this. We're kind of doing like a call your girlfriend yeah. style yeah. podcast, exactly, um, which our friend Amina hosts and everyone should listen to. But um, yeah, so I'm at CES and. Um, I would say the show so far has been sort of what we expected. I mean, overall, uh, somebody told me last night there were more than 150,000 people here, mm-hmm. which is uh, what I'm pretty sure the CEA says every year. The Consumer Electronics Association yeah. says every year. Yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of people here. Like TVs are here, cars are here, you know, people are talking about wearables. It's like, so far, there hasn't been this one defining right, moment. Which often where there goes, is. Oh, here's the bigger question. I think everyone asks every year, and increasingly so. Does CES matter anymore? And I know that's always a question tech people ask, but actually, I think it's a, an excellent question because so much is just happens all year round now, and it doesn't wait for one giant event where everybody gathers in Los Angeles to get free drinks and strip shows, for example. Well, does it matter? Does it matter at all? I think it still does, and I say that as someone who generally, you know dreads going every year but i think it still does no matter how, how much you want to say that it has waned in relevance mm-hmm. you're absolutely right in that more of these consumer tech companies have started launching things on their own cycles their own schedules they have their own product launches so that they can sort of draw all the attention to themselves on that particular day for that launch and it happens all throughout the year so the idea that these companies like come here just for the sake of having their biggest launch on a stage in vegas i mean it, that doesn't really happen as much anymore. But I think the networking is still really important. I think a lot of people come here because they know they can take a lot of meetings uh, with hardware partners or for ad salespeople. You know, it's it's still like a big meeting place. And I saw someone on Twitter, actually, it was Steven Sanofsky, who we've had on this show before, talking about how CES is 
uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, so you should go read his tweet storm, but it's less about, you know, the big product launches and it's more about components. A lot of the things you see here, you shouldn't expect them to be fully working right. products or things that you can go out and buy in the first quarter of this year. It's it's stuff that, it's a lot of concept stuff. It's a lot of prototype stuff. It's stuff in beta and yeah. a lot of stuff that's technology that's going to go into other things. Well, let's dive into the specifics. So cars, obviously, have been a big deal there. So let's talk about the car, the autonomous car situation. Yes. And automakers have been sort of ramping up their presence and their rollouts over the past few years. So CES has become kind of a mini auto show. And the auto show happens a couple weeks after this, by the way, in Detroit, um, which is a huge deal. But they still come here and they show off a lot of you know cool stuff in Dash or autonomous capabilities. Uh, I read somewhere that there are 500 auto tech companies here. Huh. So that's not obviously not 500, you know, automakers, but companies that just make stuff that go into the cars, uh, sensors and cameras and autonomous, you know, self-driving packaging and mm-hmm. all, all this, you know, stuff that goes into cars. They're all coming here because they want to try to sell into the big automakers, right? So it's like really big for cars here. Intel and Mobileye, Mobileye is sort of a car tracking system for autonomous vehicles, announced they're working with BMW to deploy 40 self-driving BMWs by the second half of 2017. Mm-hmm. at t announced it's building a self-driving test center in Michigan uh, this year. So a lot of the stuff we're hearing this year is focused on, wow. you know, self-driving. The phone company is doing not self-driving cars. So, so the phone company is doing self-driving cars. Well, a lot of the, the telco companies, you know, have been making announcements in partnership with automakers over the past few years because they're starting to add LTE to cars, right? In order for right. these things to work, you need constant connectivity. And so, you know, the, the wireless companies obviously want to get a piece of that. Right. So let's move on to TVs. TVs, oh, always TVs. the biggest thing, the screaming TVs of CES where you walk by 4,000 million TVs that are all like on and designed to induce a stroke. And I, I can speak from that from experience. When you were covering CES, well, I mean, you've been covering CES mm-hmm. for a while, but like, were you like here in the days of cathode ray TVs? Sure was. Like- yeah, they were bigger the better. <laughs> Bigger the better. They were enormous. They loved, especially coming out the back. Like you know what I mean. Like they were like nine feet by nine feet, and they used to love those. And also, um, I don't know if you know this, but and we'll talk about phones and stuff like that in a second. But Walt and I were there when the Motorola StarTac, I think, debuted, and we waited in like a long line to look at it in a glass box and. Uh, and then I had to listen to Walt's discussions of Star Trek, the entire line, which was horrible. But, it, you know, it, they just had screaming TVs and then suddenly cell phones. And now it's totally different. But TVs have always been a big part of it. So what's the trends in TVs, which never seem to be a trend uh, to me? This sh- I actually think we should bring old school TVs back. Yeah. But that's a whole other story. I just threw We one should out, bring actually. back TVs that have like those big butts in the back. I just, that you can, I like... just gave away one and I was happy oh, to do see? it. See? Yeah. Could have been a trick. We could have done something. We could have tinkered with it, Kara. We could have made something cool with yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so there are really two trends I see kind of happening at this year's show. We've seen announcements around relatively inexpensive TVs getting modern operating systems. So for example, Amazon's Alexa is going to be, you know, in the near future and a few different relatively inexpensive TV models made by companies like uh, Element was one, uh, Westinghouse was another. So there's that happening. And we've seen that for the past couple of years because Roku is also an operating system now in relatively inexpensive TVs from companies like TCL and uh, Hire. 
right? Uh-huh. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the super duper high end hardware, which is what you kind of expect or what you think of when you think of TVs at CES, where it's like all this, you know, quantum dot, nano crystal, crazy technology, huge screens, like beautiful, accurate colors, high mm-hmm. contrast displays, like, you know, stuff you look at and you're like, oh, maybe this is the year I should get a new TV. And then you see that it's cost $8,000 and yeah. you think everything in your life, you know, but like that's the other side of it. And it's funny too, because a lot of these companies will find a way to market their TVs in unique ways. And of course, it's just a lot of it's marketing. Like Samsung is doing a quantum dot LED TV and and they say it's better because the nano crystals have this metal coating and it's supposed to make everything like better in the display but they're calling it QLED which as far as I know like I've never heard of before oh, they come up with uh, applied names. to so a TV ridiculous. right Such and a... so you hear like stuff like that oh. anyway yeah. noisy as ever I'm sure <laughs> so yeah let's move on to your favorite topic wearables what is interesting your... this year I like to call them unwearables as you know so what, mm-hmm. what do you think is big in that regard um, well, I'm happy to say that I'm wearing an Apple Watch on my wrist right now, mm. and it is dead. It has been dead for two days yeah. because I have forgotten to charge it. And so I'm not getting any credit for all of the many, many thousands of steps that I'm taking well, you as I'm your phone running around you, this you? place. Your phone will record that, correct? Yeah, my phone is recording it. But, you know, there's something about looking down at your wrist and seeing those rings close. And like, and I oh, put it on Lauren. specifically before CES. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear the Apple Watch again because CES, and it's been dead for oh, two you're days. You're like a gerbil um, with that thing. Like, oh, I'll get another one. <laughs> So in any case, anything interesting in wearables? Um, I doubt it. I'm going to say I doubt it. Well, connected clothes, connected clothes are a thing this year. And they have, they've been for a little while, but... You they're know, the so wrist wearables are never like, going to be a thing. But tell us, tell me why they're a thing. Explain what, okay, so, conne- so what is a connected clothes? Yes, there are connected high heels here. Oh. This is not a joke. I was walking around. Well, it's a the, joke, the pre- but they're there. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was I was walking around one of the preview events the other night. Uh-huh. And because before the show actually opens, you know, the show floor opens at CES, there are these little preview events where they're not even little, they're big, where we as members of the press get to go and see some stuff in advance. So I go to one of these preview events and I'm walking around and I'm looking for like, all the IoT stuff, right? Internet of Things, and there's a connected hairbrush, and there's like all, you know, stuff like that. And I see a rack of shoes. And I was like, where are these here? So I get closer. Sure enough, one of the pairs of sneakers, this is a French company called Zortec. One of the pairs of sneakers they had on display were self-lacing sneakers. Uh And there were two pairs of high heels, and one pair was a pair of self-heating high heels to keep your feet warm. Uh And the other was a pair of self- raising high heels oh. so you could be wearing and they by the way these did not look nice the heel was like thick and it was this thick metal stump and it looked like you could kill somebody with it but the idea is that you would get step into these high heels and if you decided you wanted the heel to be higher you would just open your app and tap something mm-hmm. in your app and your heels would go up it was kind of funny oh my God. <laughs> you don't sound impressed civilization has gotten to all right if you insist <laughs> um yeah but then like there's stuff you know there are um Polar, for example, the company that you know has made heart rate monitors and running watches for years, they rolled out a smart shirt. So the idea is that athletes, it's specifically for teams, they might normally wear sensors on their bodies so that they can you know track their performance as they're practicing and that sort of thing. It's all built directly into this nice compression shirt. So you would just put that shirt on and not have to wear like a chunky heart rate strap or whatever it is because everything's right in the shirt. Right. So we're seeing more of that this year. Can you wash them? 
You can wash them. Um, a lot of times the sensors that are built into the fabric are washable. Um, well, they have to be, the, right? Like you can't be. They not. have to be because you have to wash, right? right. But the, like usually there's some type of little box or something like a plastic box mm-hmm. that you stick onto the clothing somewhere and that contains uh, the wireless components like the Bluetooth and the wireless and everything that you need to send the data in. And that mm-hmm. you usually have to unsnap or find some way to detach mm-hmm. from the clothing before you wash it. Mm. Um, but they're also like, there was a company that was showing one off that was b- very much a prototype and they're not even selling it directly to consumers. They're hoping that other companies will use it and maybe have some medical applications for it and that kind of thing. So like, I don't think we're th- that close to seeing people just walking around all the time with like connected jeans or right. a, con- you know, connected button down shirts. Yeah, all the press um, like, look, it's connected jeans. Oh, it's just like the Amazon, <laughs> the giant echo. Oh my God. If I steal one more friggin' post about a giant, which is just a construction of a giant echo, right? That people can go into and sleep in. Is that correct? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Did you? So Dan Fromer from Rico I posted a picture him. of it. Did you, you must have seen that yeah. one. I saw lots um, of them. I didn't just see Dan Fromer's. You know what the best thing is about that giant Echo, what? the fourteen foot Echo, is that it does work as an Echo. If you were to stand outside of it and shout at it, it would probably respond. But when you open the door to it and you peek inside, it's because they have this tiny little Echo dot. Yes, of course, just sitting on a oh, table. You're inside kidding? Of they there. tricked so, you. How incredible that was! Wow. Let me just. I know. Giant it's just it's echo. a funny like, sight. That was like many, 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 many man hours of reporting on oh, that. Oh, I think you're sad you're missing this. I am so not sad. Is there anything else totally weird or interesting? About it's wearables? Anything. Anything. Because you're not giving me much here, Lauren. I mean, I'm trying to sound excited. I know. I know you are. But is there anything like, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Let me think on that a little bit. All right. I'll get back to you. Oh, you'll get back to me? All right. I will then get back to you in a minute. But first, I want to tell you about Code Media, an exclusive two-day event that's coming up in February. I'm here with Recode Senior Media Editor, Peter Kafka. Hey, Peter. Tell us a little bit about the event. Who are we going to talk to? We are going to find people from old media, new media, and technology, people who are stringing all this stuff together. It's the kind of stuff we talk about on my podcast mm-hmm. and yours each week. Uh, so we're going to have Ashley McCollum, who runs Tasty at BuzzFeed. This Ooh, is the like thing that's tasty. actually powering Tasty. These are all those crazy uh, recipes you see that happen in 30, actually 40 seconds. That's yeah, they're the, great. That's their rule. And she's going to come on stage with Marcus Samuelson. If you've ever watched TV, you've ever watched a food show, he's on it. He's a celebrity chef out of New York, very cool guy. And they're going to talk about what it's like to be a celebrity chef, what it's like to run BuzzFeed and Tasty. It should be a pretty interesting conversation. Are they going to feed us? We're. Tr- I don't want to promise something that I can't deliver, but that's our hope. All right. Well, I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope to see some... You will some... get fed, regardless. <laughs> well, I hope to see some of our listeners there, too. Code Media is February 13th and 14th in Dana Point, California. For all the details and to get your ticket, visit recode.net slash events. And Lauren, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Code Media, too. We have a great lineup. But let's get back to the event you're currently attending... No, can we just fast forward to February where I can be down in sunny L.A. at Dana Point or wherever it is yeah. in some beautiful no, place. more and, CES, please. And, uh, you know, and as a reminder, you can find full coverage of all the stuff we're talking about today at TheVerge.com as well as on Recode.net. So that's right. I've run into a bunch of Recoders. They're there. They're just drinking. I only sent them to drink. So give me more <laughs> information. Alexa, we talked about Alexa. It's everywhere. Talk about this voice-activated stuff. Is that a big deal there? Voice. It's a huge deal this year. It's a huge deal. It's funny okay. because Amazon is not an official exhibitor at the show. They know they don't have like this big booth where you can go and like play with Amazon stuff. But mm-hmm. they have literally taken over the show through Alexa. Huh. 
Alexa being their voice controlled assistant. And the thing is, is that Alexa is very open, right? And Amazon designed it that way. So any company can come in and they can either develop an Alexa skill, which means they develop some type of app that works Mm -hmm. with like, you have to have the echo or the dot in your home, but you can do some type of skill. I've got mad skills, Lauren. Anyway, sorry. They do. They have like 5,000 skills, mm-hmm. which is mad skills, right? I don't think right. anybody uses any of them. I but do. like they have a You're lot wrong. of skills. Wrong you well, Which ones do you use? The one that compliments me every day. Oh, my God. It's really good. <laughs> Hi, Alexa. Can you I, tell me something nice about it? And they go, you look good today, Kara. It's great. I love it. I use the presidential trivia one, a bunch of trivia ones I like, uh, historical stuff. I love kinds of stuff. I use them a lot. Oh, wow. You are a power Recipes, user. Recipes, drinks, stuff like drink mixes. The drink one is good. I mean, I love my Alexa, but I will say my Echo, but I will say I use Alexa for timers while I'm cooking about 90% of the time. Oh, really? I use it for Spotify. And then I use, tu- and then I use like TuneIn News, news. and then I, or um, the news flash through TuneIn and then I do some music. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. But skills, there are a bunch of them and any company can really develop them. But then there's also Alexa being directly integrated into products, which means that companies are taking what is essentially a software development kit and then they're going through like an amazon certification process and they have to have the right hardware they have to have you know certain type of microphones and speakers and all this stuff but they can build their own products with alexa built directly in and that's what we're seeing a lot of at the show this year i had the chance to talk to an executive at amazon who said that they had anticipated that when they came to the show 35 to 40 companies might have you know something going on with Alexa this year at CES and they came here and they were blown away because it's more than that it's just every you know and some companies granted are using it as like marketing and it doesn't probably doesn't actually work that well Mm -hmm. Um, or it's just like a very you still have to have that echo or that dot in your home like I said earlier Um, but some have actually taken the effort to build Alexa directly into a product Hmm. and it's you know it's it's Amazon's way of kind of taking over your home and getting its AI out there I don't mind that as you know. Um, what about Google? Are they there with their voice-activated device? I actually haven't seen it. I've seen some ads for it around right. Vegas, certainly, but um, I've not seen Google Home as I've walked around the show floor. They didn't but... build a big aloe or whatever? They didn't build a giant aloe to compete with the giant Echo? <laughs> it's a, mm-hmm. Well, they built an aloe. It would be like a life-size messaging app. Yeah. Um, but um, no, they didn't. It's just, I think there's just called the Home, right? Oh, and like, I, they, don't I, don't, I don't think they built a giant version of it and if they have i haven't i haven't seen it yet but if they did care i'll be sure to take you know a bunch of pictures of it and post on social media so you can see it yeah because i know yeah i wish amazon had built a little echo dot because that would be my size kara size (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's move on to vr vr it's kind of amazing any weird geeky vr headsets vr yeah vr you've heard of it i mean it's called virtual reality yeah no Aren't all of them weird and geeky headsets? I don't know. Like, what is like, there which anything? It doesn't seem like there's any the news other. in VR. They just you know, released a bunch of headsets. What do you feel is going well, on there? So if CES is the place where you see prototypes and things that aren't ready yet and things that you're like, well, I don't know if this is ever really going to work, but cool. I feel like VR is just the perfect expression of that or like the best expression of that at CES because what we're seeing are a lot of prototypes or like companies saying, hey, we have a VR headset too. And look, you're going to be able to do this. But the actual implementation of it isn't very good or it's far from actually being developed or it's hard to imagine people wearing these things on their heads for extended periods of time at this point, um, except, you know, unless they're a gamer. And so like uh, Lenovo, you know, showed off their prototype for a VR headset. They didn't say when it's going to ship. They didn't say what it's going to really be like. They just said it might be under $400. Intel showed off um, an updated version of its Project Alloy VR headset. Intel, by the way, a little fun anecdote from CES, actually handed out barf bags 
at oh, its goodness. CES press event because mm-hmm. they didn't want people throwing up from their VR headset demo. Branded so, um, bags, I'm sure, right? Branded. Intel. That might be the best thing I've heard. Intel of inside. CES. You asked me earlier what, like, the... <laughs> I just did a good joke. You yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, and then uh, I don't know. I mean, there's some AR glasses that are being shown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Qualcomm. Some of them Snapchat, have this... right? One of them. Yes, I would say like Snapchat spectacles are simultaneously more niche and more mainstream than some of the stuff we're seeing niche in the sense that you know people who love snapchat really love the idea of them and they're kind of still hard to get um but mainstream in that it's pretty straightforward what you're supposed to do with them you're supposed to record some video and share Mm -hmm. share it to snapchat whereas some of the ar glasses we see here like are really sort of futuristic and high concept and stuff like that and you can't ever once again imagine people wearing them for an extended period of time in their current form so yeah i would say once again like there's some cool stuff being shown with VR and AR, but that feels very early here in particular. Yeah. All right. So bonus question. And finally, I have to ask you about this because I'm a little worried about you. You wrote a piece for The Verge about a smart hairbrush. And recently you did the Dyson dryer, which I, I almost bought the other day, despite your saying not to. But this smart hairbrush is with things and L'Oreal. Quick question. Why? 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, if this whole journalism thing doesn't work out, I'm just going to try to be a hair model, but I'm struggling. (laughs) I'm really struggling. No, I don't. You should see it right now. Oh, I know. I know. know. (laughs) What the cat drug in. Um, uh, so what is smart hairbrush? Come on, come on. You're killing me. Yeah. It's so gimmicky. It's so bad. And you know what is, I think even worse than the idea of making a hairbrush smart. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, you had to know that was coming. Everything and anything that's lying around right now in front of you that is dumb is going to be smart at some point. It's going to have some type of sensor or something like that, right? And like, so that was kind of inevitable. But what's interesting is the smart hairbrush, and I'm going to indulge you. Explain what you wrote about it. Okay. Explain it for the people. Okay, so Withings is, uh, or some people say it, Withings, is Mm -hmm. a French company, hardware company that was acquired by Nokia, in the past year. Mm -hmm. So they're part of Nokia now. And then L'Oreal, of course, is L'Oreal. And L'Oreal owns this very high-end hair product brand called Kerastase. Mm -hmm. Some people have heard of it. Some people have maybe seen like the orange bottles, right? And it's really expensive. Okay. So Kerastase and Withings, Nokia owned Withings, got together and made this hairbrush. It has sensors. It has a microphone in the middle of it. Why? So it can hear the sounds of you brushing your hair and infer infer how you're brushing your hair from that i'm sorry and then there and there is like a gyroscope and an accelerometer why is there a gyroscope because they need to know your brushing patterns so how many ways literally the dumbest person on the planet knows how to brush (laughs) their hair do you know that i I don't know if you understand that but there's a dumbest person there is one dumbest person on the planet no they know how to brush their hair i'm certain see here's the thing kara we're women and we're doing it wrong (sighs) that's the thing we're doing everything wrong and if we only had smart things to tell us what we're doing wrong we can fix ourselves honestly it's just like but no that's the I'd so love that's the thing to be when you open in that meeting i'd love to be like let's make a smart yeah yeah like can you imagine <laughs> that stupid meeting? it was probably in new york and they probably thought it was really smart when it was really not like no one in the meeting was kara swisher and went are you fucking kidding me like you know what i mean 
So did you like it? Did you enjoy having gyroscopic microphone hairbrushing going on? And- when I held it in my hand, I thought, okay, this feels like a nice brush. Yeah. It's light in the hand. It has, you know, boar bristles, a, yeah, yeah, a combination yeah. of boar and nylon bristles. It felt nice. It looked like a nice hairbrush, right? Okay, great. But then I saw a quick demo of the app. Mm-hmm. And when you open the app, it actually will tell you things like – your hair is 72% unruly or something like that. It said unruly. And I said, how do they know? How does the brush know your hair is unruly? Well, I like, know how, you're like, unruly. I think we just all know that by the daint of spending time with you like a minute. Well, that's why I, I like podcasts yeah. because no one can see my unruly hair right now. But I can know that from looking in the mirror, right? That my hair is like unruly or tangled or whatever it is. But they said, based on your brushing habits, they will know, the brush will know how much time you spent trying to get out tangles. And then based on that, your hair is unruly. But I don't need an app to tell me that, first of all. And I also don't need an app saying, you know, but you could fix your problems if you just buy this $50 smoothing cream from Kerastase, which is, I think, Mm. kind of like the end goal. Oh, you're kidding. It's a marketing Um, ploy. Wow. (laughs) This is just... Well, you can't buy the stuff in the app yet. Uh, but it is suggesting products uh, that would help you. Uh, I just because we're uh, because once again we're doing it all wrong. Uh, it is the end of civilization. So many signs. <laughs> the, so many signs of revelations coming in the hairbrushes, and then revelations. I'm sure of it. I'm sure. When you are buying a small yeah, hairbrush. just wait until <laughs> wait until somebody bugs the hairbrush. Uh, of I mean, course they're be bugging, and of course it's going to get hacked, and then it's going to make you bald, and then there's going to be a crisis, and then. Donald Trump will say we can't investigate this because it's all a political <laughs> witch hunt over the hairbrush. You know, it's just like, honestly, the Chinese or Russians would hack a hairbrush. You know, they would. They want to hack oh, yeah, absolutely. Existence. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, just, I can't wait for that to be like a plot in an Angelina Jolie movie. <laughs> we have hacked Kara like, Swisher's toothbrush and, and we shot up right, eyes of poison yes. immediately. <laughs> yeah, salt part two. <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. Well, Lauren, when are you coming back? I'm coming back tomorrow, and I think I'm supposed to see you this yes. weekend. So I hope I will. I'm hoping Even we do something analog together that we can reunite in an analog fashion and bring the hairbrush so that we can brush each other's <laughs> hair. <laughs> and I'll bring the high heels. I'll bring the too. high heels and the hairbrush, <laughs> and we will have a time of it, Lauren. Good. Anyway, <laughs> so smart. It's fun, fun times here in Silicon Valley. This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Lauren, glad you could join us, and great work this week. Oh, thank you. This has been another great episode of CES and also another great episode of When Can I Go Home? (laughs) Um, But thank you. Uh, And if you all enjoyed the episode as much as Kara and I clearly did, be sure to subscribe to the show and don't forget to leave us a review. You can go to iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask and leave us a review. And subscribing is great. You'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. That's iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. You can also subscribe on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're on SoundCloud now. Mm-hmm. Or you can listen to every episode. Just go to our website. Go to recode.net slash podcast and you can find all of our good stuff there. Absolutely. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. The Verge also has some great podcasts for your listening pleasure. Walt and Neelai Patel host Control Walt Delete. Neelai also hosts The Vergecast. Hey, Walt. I mean, I've seen Neelai all over the friggin' place at, at uh, CS, but Walt is is not there, correct? Walt Mosford. <laughs> Neil's face is on a billboard. I saw that. So yes, he's everywhere. And <laughs> there, will be no, Walt, there was no living with him, but now there really will be no living with him. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> I don't know how you get beyond that. 
Uh, and Walt actually did not go to CES this year. Uh-huh. It's a huge deal. Yeah. I mean, Walt, you asked me earlier, I really should have mentioned this earlier, whether or not CES still matters. And yeah. I was sort of making an argument for why it still does. If anything speaks to why CES doesn't matter anymore, yeah. Walt Mossberg isn't here, ladies and gentlemen. What are all the geeks doing? Because, you know, when you walk across the floor with them, it's like walking with, I don't know, Angelina Jolie or something like that. It's kind of interesting. Oh, when you with Walt? Yeah. Yeah. No, everyone just has spontaneously combusted. Exactly. So well, Walt's not, Walt's not here. End of an it's over. See, anyway, yes, it's over. over. Everybody go home. Uh, don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time for next week's episode to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to tooembarrassed at recode.net. Thanks for listening and thanks also to Digital Media, the company that distributes the show. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask. So tune in then. 